Welcome to a new episode of New Normal Podcast. My name is Andrew Mayer. The podcast is all about innovation and innovating during these digital times. Today, I'm really excited as I have Kristen Tarr. She's a University of Denver professor on brand and customer experience and marketing. We met a few months back at a customer experience bootcamp where we both approached this subject, but from different sides. Kind of similar experiences, but we were trying to look to see how can we tie all this together. What I really take away from the conversation today is how little I'm currently focusing my energy on aligning a company's brand experience with their customer experience. I've been looking at tactical points which could be applied to improve parts of the customer experience, but less holistically. This is my big takeaway, and I thank Kristen for the chance to talk, and I hope you find something also useful here for you as well. And honestly, even if you only just stay for her story about how she met the first Mozambican solar panel company representative on a flight from South Africa, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. A few updates from me. I spent a week recently working from Northern Italy, building on offers that I want to bring out and put out in front of the customers. But after today's discussion, I've got some work still to do. I have a nice lineup of businesses that I'm planning to be approaching soon with this brand experience review, if that's what I'm going to end up calling it, knowing that I'm probably not going to be very successful. I share this with you today because I just admit I still have so much more to learn. Not just what I do, but also how I'm going to bring what I want to do to potential clients. But as always, stay tuned. I'll always keep you informed. But for now, let me get out of the way. And here is Kristen Tarr, University of Denver professor. Kristen, we met six weeks ago, maybe it was, when you were in Germany there, and you introduced yourself as a professor working in branding and marketing, and I'm just going to mix this all up together because it's not clean in my world what the difference is between branding and marketing. And just to set the start here, what is branding? So branding, you really have to think of marketing has a lot of roles when you think of the marketing functions of an organization, even a small business. You know, if you are wearing all the hats as an entrepreneur, you're marketing, you're trying to share, to communicate, engage your customers, right? But branding is bigger. It's like the shell around a company. It's bigger than just marketing because marketing is more tactical and branding is how people feel and how they're moved by a particular company or brand. We as marketers have to kind of step back a little bit and say, what are we really trying to communicate? Who are we? And that's a better way to describe branding. So there's a lot of components to branding that we're not going to cover. I'm sure you, you teach a course probably at the university that covers this as well. And we're not going to try to compact that into 25 minutes on a podcast here today. I've told you when we met before that I, I speak to a lot of smaller businesses or even startups who really are just defining what they are or even what their product or service or whatever it might be. And I focus on the digital space, the digital communication place, whether it's the, the marketing in the digital world, online, the internet, social media, and things like that. So we're both very much interested in the customer experience. Is the experience of a customer part of the branding decisions that are made? Absolutely. Actually, it's brand experience. And the brand experience is something that the company is creating day by day. And it hits on all their digital platforms and internally 
And it also is uh, front facing if they have a storefront or something. So it's everything. Just think about, and I'm just going to use example of Starbucks. You are driving up to a Starbucks, right? First of all, you're, you're familiar with what you're going to be expecting. That's one thing that Starbucks does a really good job. But you have a place to park, you walk in, and you already have emotional connection to that, especially if you like coffee. You have an emotional connection as you walk in and you walk in, it's opened, there's comfortable seating and you can smell the coffee. You can hear some movement, but not so much that it distracts from what you're feeling and thinking and you anticipate, right? Your brand experience is starting way before you actually consume anything. And you as a small company, mid to small companies, especially in the consumer space, that experience transcends over everything that you do especially on the social channels that you're working with. So what I talk about is the companies really need to look at their stakeholder experience. So the brand is building relationships with every stakeholder. So you go, who are the stakeholders? Well, stakeholders can be obviously consumers. Your customers are really, really important stakeholders. But think about your employees. Your employees are stakeholders because they're communicating with your customers, right? But think about your suppliers, your suppliers, if you don't pay on time, they might not show up next time. That's another stakeholder that builds your brand and supports you, right? Investors, you have to be, you have to pay attention to how the investors and how your relationships are with investors. So if you think about marketing, you're really focused on the customer, right? Both on digital and we call it traditional. You're looking at both angles, but when you're looking at your brand, you have to look at all the sides. Well, the other aspect is the environment. And the communities that you live and work, are they important to your brand? And if they are, how are you communicating that to your customers so they come back? So really, I look at the holistic brand and you use marketing tactics to be able to engage those different stakeholders. But that's critical part at any business, whether you are one shop, um, one person, one consultant, or you have a large company with you know 15 to 100 employees, all of those um progressions of how you're uh, interacting with the stakeholders is incredibly, incredibly important. So I talk to people about their social media design decisions, the way they want to approach certain platforms, how they want to appear or what type of language they want to use. I'm sure these are all parts of designing a brand, but listening to you, to you talk about the brand experience, it's given me the same reaction that I had back in August when we were talking about customer experience with Daniel or and how this sort of epiphany of there's so much more that needs to be in line for the experience at the end, whether that's for the consumer, the customer, or the employee, you know, that it works. And that the Starbucks employee who hands the coffee across the bar, the customer who walks out or takes it out through the drive through window and gets that, that experience that they wanted. Maybe their name was written incorrectly and they like that on the cup, but the taste of the coffee was good. All, all that makes, that jives with them and that reinforces the experience that they were expecting to have. And that will obviously most likely drive them to, to return again. There's so much more that needs to be understood than just, I have a logo. I've decided on the colors I'm going to use. This is the layout of my pictures on Instagram. And we're going to use these 12 hashtags. Those are important, but there's there's so much more. 
Yeah, I'm so in agreement with you. And many smaller companies just think the logo, okay, I have to make sure my logo's right, or I'm posting the right p- pictures. But let's just talk about the digital experience that you are in- engaging with the customers. Most of the time, customers are not that interested in knowing that you have a specific widget and how it works. They want to know how you're going to experience everything that fires when you're working with that brand or company. And therefore, stories, good authentic stories about who you are, um, surprisingly enough, employee stories are super interesting to, especially if it's a, a mom and pop shop, you really want to have that interaction with who you're working with. Even if it's something that is more in service oriented, or especially if it's service oriented, you're trusting that people you're working with, you want to know about that. But beyond that, you can tell stories about how customers have used your product and fill that into the story. You can actually participate in some philanthropic experience. And that's part of experience of the brand. So when you're looking at experience management, it's moving from customer experience to experience management because we are in the digital space, the brands are so exposed. And so you want to build this reputation that will kind of transcend over anything that might happen, including if somebody shows up and you don't have the supplies for them because of the supply chain issues. What now you have a story to tell. This is what we've been doing on the back end. Your customers are much more empathetic and understanding and say, hey, uh, we, we get it, but we're coming back. And that's really where you want to, as, as a marketer brand management, you want to be able to manage all of that and your online reputation as well. I've spoken to a number of really small businesses that have maybe, you know, two shops, one shop, the bakery, very local, very proud, 170-year-old tradition, seventh-generation family. I mean, just from a storytelling perspective, there's so much richness you, you could talk about. Um, and they're very hesitant in showing their story, right? They want to show the brand, they want to show the product, they want to show the craft work that goes into making it there. Um, I think they would be so much more interesting, but they don't want to, they don't want to show themselves, right? They want to show the, what they say, the brand, right? They show the logo, the company, the product, but not them or their customers experiencing their product. And I feel maybe it's my gut feeling. I like to see that when somebody, I like to see when a customer takes a photo, maybe of a product that they got wherever it was whether it's in that shop or at home, and it doesn't have to be a fancy influencer photo. It could just be a nice Mm -hmm. personal story. You see a birthday cake and there's something in front of it they bought and that just just tells you what's going on there. And then maybe they mention the brand, the company where they bought that from, and it just gives me that, maybe I'm just too sentimental, that warm and tingly feeling that I like that feeling. Maybe I need to remember that brand. Am I way too sentimental here or is this and important? And just wait for the next generation. Gen Zs are the most inclusive and understanding and seeking information that's more than the products, features, and benefits. Generation Z is about, the oldest ones are about 25. Youngest are about, I think, 15 now. So that generation that's moving in, it's a very large population. They will be overtaking the millennials in terms of purchase power. So we have to pay attention to them. The young millennials are similar to the Zs, but there's a couple of things that came out of the Cone study that I think is incredibly interesting. They found out 
that 83% choose purpose-driven companies, companies that show a brand who is doing more than selling the product. That's the point. And purpose-driven can be everything from treating your employees right to doing something for the environment. They're looking for more than just where they're going to work. That's number one. Number two, where they're going to buy. 72% said they will look into what a company's purpose is before they purchase. That's pretty telling. And if you are not able to express that experience, and the best way to do it is on a digital platform, that is your opportunity to tell your story in a way that can really go viral in even a small scale viral. I mean, if you get 100 hits on a small business, that is a dream. Then you start getting some user-generated content that you ask questions, how important is this, and get some engagement there. um, It's not that difficult to do from a small business, but I completely understand they're stretched thin, right? How am I going to have this conversation? But if they don't use these digital tools to be able to communicate who they are, how is the customer ever going to be able to get by that? Is every company walking into a shop thinking of all this? No, but it's an added benefit to a customer when they know. That's the difference. That makes a lot of sense. And that makes me worry about a lot of the companies that I interact with here locally that are not approaching that at all. We both participated in this customer experience boot camp. It was two days of painful study, lots of theory that you and I both approached from different directions, but understood a lot of the basics. I walked away with a, as I mentioned earlier, with this epiphany and maybe I'll rephrase it differently. I'm giving a talk in November to a large company, and it's about a subject I've talked about for years previously. And it was about tearing down the pillars within organizations, whether it's marketing, sales, technology, whatever it is there, in order to create a better customer experience. All right, because often it's not just the the customer experience rep who the customer's dealing with, or it's the salesperson in the store. It's other things along the way that influence uh, the experience. If marketing puts out a, a, a blurb on Friday afternoon on the internet, I read that, I go to the store, and it's not available because the store didn't know it was going to be uh, on Monday in their store. That's a breakdown in communication. So I often had, I had visuals of pillars of silos in farmland, and I would blow them up on screen as we've got to get rid of these structures. And uh, my talk this November is going to be about, I was completely wrong, that these silos, these pillars have to remain in businesses. That's just the way business organizes itself. You can't have salespeople talking to marketing people, talking to the IT people across the business all the time. Otherwise, things would never work. But what we talked about in the uh, customer experience course with Daniel was the experience is not just one of those departments, one of those silos. It's got to be across the business. And I'm sure that you're going to say the brand experience is similar across the business here. It has to be understood. It's not just a marketing task here. But was there anything you took away from those couple of days here in Germany? That, that you- I know you work uh, with a smaller business. Silos can happen in small businesses as well, which is because you have the operations working differently from maybe the ordering or, or different than the bookkeeper. And that they're not talking and realizing there are challenges that are happening that is affecting your brand. But the other aspect, there's structure. There's some structure to this experience, customer experience that we are trying to hit as marketers or owners of companies. You're trying to do so many different things. Small business owners tend to do something really great. 
And that's how they lead their business, right? That's what the fundamental is their business. Well, the problem is there's all these other things you need to do to run a business. There's all these other things and you're not great at everything. And therefore, the customer sees those holes. And if you're not tracking that journey with that customer, that you have to understand how all the different aspects of how the customer is interacting with your brand, that makes a difference. I think that to me was one of the the great discussions that we had. I think that's, um, I, I spent 25 years working in a customer experience, customer service technology industry. And when I left that in 2020, I've had time, obviously, since then to to broaden my perspective there. And I've learned a number of things that I just was honestly blind to. And it was the reality that the experiences, whether this is brand or customer experiences, are not just done in a department. It can't be done with three people and a whiteboard. They say, this is what the experience is going to be. But it has to be communicated, as you said, even through the bookkeeper who's sending out bills And if there's something missing or a mistake or something there, just because we didn't include the bookkeeper in the experience process of the discussion on the whiteboard, the customer or the buyer or the consumer is going to feel it and going to experience it and and give the feedback. I just shared this with my students yesterday. I have to share this because I think it's kind of funny. So just picture this. I know we're on a podcast, but picture this as a cartoon and has different squares. And the first square is R&D. And it says it's a tube of yogurt. That's what they're looking at. And the R&D says, it's a whole fat yogurt in a 2.25 ounce tube. And then ad agency says, it's a benign rebellion. And finance says, it's a cash cow. And operation says, it's a 50,000 cases per month. And then the next square is a marketer. And he says, it's a 5% market share. And then the next one, legal says, it's an accident waiting to happen. And the next square says, senior management. It's an example of a superior innovation. And then the customer and his guy sitting on his chair and he goes, I don't know, it's whatever I find in the fridge. And I, it's just perfect for our conversation here because it's like all, all these other experiences you're having internally, none of them are what the customers experience. And that's where we have to pay attention to. That's what we were discussing about when we were focusing on the customer experience design. And when you ask the same departments, which you just listed, you ask each one of them, who is the customer? Each one's going to have a different definition as well. I think (laughs) it's hard for us to cover that concept with enough depth and understanding on such a short time frame as my podcast offers here. I'm going to put some links in the show notes from the course that were given to us from the course that were very useful. It was really helpful to have an outside person telling me I'd never learned customer experience, although I worked in that area for a quarter century yeah. for years. And I'm sure you would say you run into people all the time that work in marketing or branding for years and never really read a book or spent much time really thinking about fundamentals. And a lot can be self-taught. I don't want to say that's that this has to be done in a classroom uh, necessarily there, but it's sometimes helpful to have a facilitator from the outside, whether that's a university professor, whether that's a course that like we were on here, or whether it's a webinar that you participate in or a Coursera course or wherever it is, but somebody to give you insights from a, from another perspective that might help you open up those blinders. And you know, this whole thing is getting back to where you start with branding. You really have to come back, and I'm sure you do this with your clients, is that just what is your purpose? I'm a university professor at uh, University of Denver, but I also have my own business called the SC Group. 
it's a boutique consulting company that I go into with small to mid-sized businesses. The really beginning stages of what I do is a, really a brand audit. So I go in and really ask them, and not the CEO, I ask the employees, what is the purpose of your company? And I have to say, the CEO of one company I work with said, oh, we're just like every other company. It was was a construction company. So there's a lot of construction companies that are out there in the area. So he said, yeah, we're just like everybody else. And I looked at him and I said, then why are you in business? Right? You're just like everyone else. I don't think he was saying it in a not respectful business company way, but he did not see or uh, took the time to pay attention to the differentials. So I went around to all the employees, a large employee base in a couple different states and talked to the employees. But what was interesting, the same words came out about why this company was unique and better than everyone else's. And they didn't really know that. And none of their marketing materials ever reflected that. So if you don't know what your core is and who you stand for and what you're about, now a lot of companies have missions statements but their brand doesn't reflect it. So it's good to have a, you know, a quick poll of employees, even if you just did an employee survey and it's online, it's a digital survey and just ask some key questions. What's the purpose of your company? And they have three questions to answer about what their company is about and what value they give to customers. You're going to find out a lot of similarities that are not reflected in the rest of your customer experiences that you're going through. And then tie that through all of the experiences. And that changes the company. And when I'm saying changes, that's when you have difficult times or when you have great times, the customers know who you are and you haven't changed that core. There we go. That's my university professor short lecture here on a Thursday morning from Denver, Colorado. I have a question, <laughs> which I found out of your Vitae. Um, what was the outcome of the global feasibility project of a major solar installation in Mozambique? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. So I went through the executive MBA at University of Denver. And while we were there, we had a capstone project to understand a foreign market and see the feasibility of entering this market. And this is actually a great story. So you you can choose to use this in your podcast, but it's just an amazing story, frankly. So first of all, Mozambique, about um, something like 60, 70% of the population does not have electricity. So the government's looking at new sources of energy that they can start implementing. So there's a big energy or association that they're trying to build energy throughout Africa. So we thought, what solar panels would be a great opportunity. So we did extensive research before we left, tried to find different or different companies that are doing solar panel installations. Nobody, we couldn't find any company that was actually doing it in Mozambique. And we also met with a nonprofit that does some work in Mozambique that works with farmers and helps them with agricultural seeds. So I said, all right, let's talk to them and see if there's any kind of connection that we can get over Mozambique. Fast forward, now we're on this trip. We're flying from Johannesburg over to Mozambique. Um, several students get on the plane. I get on and I sit next to this gentleman. And of course me, I, I'm curious about people. I want to get to know people. So I sat next to him and I said, hi. I'm, um, I said, are you from Mozambique? And he goes, actually, I live in South Africa. I said, oh, and what are you traveling here for? And he goes, well, I'm general manager on a project installing the first solar panels in Mozambique. And we spent three months trying to find companies that are doing this. 
right? Sitting next to this guy. So he tells me the whole project. And one of the projects that they have to do, this is about the brand. It's called Skeptic Solar, an amazing company. They're putting solar panels all over the world in these developing countries. And this general manager was telling me that they have to displace farmland in order to put the solar panels in. Well, I said, well, that's interesting. I'm working with this other agricultural company that helps farmers be more productive in their seeds, their planting. So they have a smaller land and greater harvest. So when I got back to the States after the whole expansion, he went on his way and I went on my way. Uh, we got back. I reached out to the CEO of Skeptic Solar and I said, I just want to let you know about what happened. And to the exactly the same story. I said, I think you should get in touch with this nonprofit who happens to be in Denver. Sure enough, they get together and they're starting to do projects across the world together. What are the chances of you sitting on a plane? <laughs> It's the guy who's going out to install his company to install the first solar panels in a project that you started weeks, months earlier and couldn't find any information about. Thought you're going into a blank slate and suddenly the whole, the whole game amazing. changes. But I'm going to loop it back to the brand. So this company, first of all, I think they're doing great work for the world, right? But not only that, the CEO personally emailed me back and I heard from the gender manager. He goes, I don't know what you did, but you're moved mountains because there's a lot of movement going on with trying to help the local farmers here in, in Mozambique. He goes, thanks so much. That's how this worked. But it's a brand that cared about others through their leadership. And that's that story is an amazing story. And we can all work towards that because we're all working together in this world, right? It's a global world, but we're all working together. And that's where my passion comes in is that we have to care about each other and to really represent your brand properly and that customer experience that you're working, all of that ties together. And I know I'm not doing completely due justice to a lot of other things that you do and you're interested in. One acronym that you brought up while we were out here together in Germany together was CSR. And I learned then, and then after my research uh, preparing for the podcast here for you, it's the corporate social responsibility, okay. very big subject for you. And we're not giving that a whole lot of justice here on this podcast today, but I do want to mention it and it'll be in the links in the podcast notes here as well. Maybe in six months I come up and come back and talk about CSR. <laughs> Or maybe I come out to Colorado on the next oh. tour and we'll meet out there in the mountain there. But well, great. I'm proposing to teach a class in the spring that's about customer experience. And we're going to go up to our mountain campus. We're going to experience other stakeholders, which is the climate change environment in our mountain region. Because we as individual consumers don't realize the world around us all impacts us and our decisions. And so I think that's, that's customer experience and the connection to our environment, our communities are also a really big part of that experience as well. There's a lot to be done, Kristen. You're, you, like me, yeah. are sitting at, on a subject which is not new. It's all not new, but it's got new facets to it. Uh, I think we've got long careers if we want them uh, ahead of us here. <laughs> I, I do have one signature question, which I ask all of my guests, and it is, what does innovation mean to you? Innovation, without a doubt, is curiosity. Think about it. If you don't have curiosity, how can you innovate? Because you don't want to make any changes because you're not curious about what could be. That's one thing I really promote to my students is that you have to be curious. And it has to be an internal curiosity. It can't be something that's been pushed. You should find out about this, right? You're curious about knowing more. 
that story I just told you about speaking with somebody on the plane. And that's a great story of why you, you just sit next to somebody, ask questions and listen and be curious. You learn so much more. So curiosity can really promote innovation. So I know the title of this podcast now. Thank you for making that easy for me. Okay. And it was my curiosity, our brief meeting, but my curiosity was I wanted to talk to somebody who knew more about branding and this brand experience because it was my reason to reach out to you and get you on my podcast here today on The New Normal. And I really appreciate you taking time out this morning. Yeah. Thank you for being here today. Yeah. I appreciate it. Oh, it was and so I look nice forward to see to you, Andrew. Chance. Yeah, we need to stay in touch. <laughs> All the links to what Kristen does and the places you can find her and her businesses and things like that, also from our customer experience course, are in the show notes here today. That's it. Thank you. And we'll connect again next time. Nice seeing you.